what we make of it. Shotgun wedding. Sometimes a first date requires paperwork. A Good Omens fic, written by Charlotte Madison and read by Literarian. Chapter 3 Anathema device quickened her pace, all swirling skirts and clicking boots, and Raphael hastened to keep up with her. Don't look now, we have company, she muttered. Mr. Fell, called that familiar, gregarious voice. Aziraphale cringed and slowed. Gabriel marched purposefully across the commons, all smiles and fist bumps for the kids he passed. Some students found him ridiculous, but others wanted to be him. Especially the West Point aspiring athlete sort. Not so much the basketballers as the golf and lacrosse types. Anathema spun to give her friend a sympathetic nod before leaving him at the mercy of Principal Wright. She avoided her boss whenever possible. She had cultivated an aura of mystique around the art studio that seemed to render it invisible to administration. This had the unfortunate side effect of losing the art class funding year after year, but through some witchcraft she remained a full-time art teacher and found supplies enough for the students to carry on doing award-winning work under her guidance. Aziraphale summoned all his courage and greeted the principal with a pleasant demeanour. One did what one could. Hey, Mr. Fell, how's it going? Gabriel tried to fist bump Aziraphale. He opted for a helpless look, as if to say, I couldn't possibly, I'm far too English for all that old chap. It was a tried and true tactic. Eventually, the principal gave up and let his hand drop to his side. How may I help you, Principal Wright? This is your planning period, isn't it? It is, and I have a great deal of grading to do. Yeah, I just need you for a quick sec. Let's hit the office. Gabriel waved him into the library, and from there they took a side door into administration. Aziraphale smoothed his waistcoat and schooled his features into perfect compliance. He would show neither outrage nor aggravation, not until he was safely back in his own classroom. So, Gabriel clapped his hands together. First round of test scores are in. It wasn't a Gabriel check-in without a few hand claps and the occasional back slap. So they must be, Aziraphale observed. I hope my class fared well enough. Yeah, yeah, fun as usual, but it's more the curriculum I want to talk to you about. Aziraphale closed his eyes and focused on breathing through his nose. Gabriel went on. So you know the district bought that new package, the language and learning style software with the built-in evaluation protocols? We've got it pre-installed on all the student laptops. 
I am aware of it, yes. We had two days of mandatory training this summer. So yeah, buddy, why aren't you using it? Aziraphale put his hands behind his back so he could lace his fingers together and clench them. Buddy. I find it bores the student, which means they have trouble focusing. The sample readings they are asked to work with are less than engaging. Why, yes, but it's a very expensive software suite. It's proven to raise test scores. That's because the same company that sells the software writes the tests. Aziraphale said to the principal in his head, the imaginary principal who understood why that was an issue. As you know, Gabriel, my students' test scores have always shown on or above target growth in the past, and I do hope they remain satisfactory to you and to the district. In part, my students do well because I allow them to read work that they like. I've been developing my curriculum for 20 years, and as the Language Arts Board knows, it delivers consistent results and strong young writers. Gabriel made a frog-like face that was half incredulous, half condescending. But isn't that kind of old-fashioned? I mean, this stuff is based on the latest research. It's a whole new world out there. Kids learn differently now. They've done brain scans and everything. Integrating technology and gamifying tools are very popular at the main office. Don't you agree we could all benefit from engaging with the future of learning? Aziraphale hesitated. Are you going to mandate that I use it? It's not a district standard. Yet, he thought with a pang of dread. Gabriel looked performatively pained. I mean, mandate is a very strong word. We don't like to talk about it like that. Why, thank you. I appreciate your concern, but I'll continue with the syllabus I've already delivered to students and parents. That is, unless and until the board finds my students' test skills and grades unsatisfactory. Aziraphale offered his biggest go-away smile and began to leave. Aziraphale! Gabriel's voice turned a shade darker, the ex-military edge bleeding through. Everyone else seems to get it. If you would please implement the new curriculum before the next round of tests, the administration would appreciate your cooperation. The smiles vanished all around. Aziraphale nodded curtly and went on his way. As he returned to the safety of his classroom, he wished every foul skin condition imaginable upon the employees of the Dunlevy Corporation, headquartered not ten miles from the school. They were snake oil salesmen profiting from both the diagnosis and the cure. It was the devil's work. Dunlevy lobbied the government at every level for more standardized testing in schools. They got paid by the government to write the national and state tests. 
And then they got paid again when they peddled their multi-million dollar curriculum to underfunded public schools. That disgusting, synthetic, mealy, watered-down, gamified Pavlovian assembly line excuse for a curriculum so that students would improve at the tests that dumb Levy wrote. The company was even developing textbooks written and tested for so-called neutrality by algorithm. As if that was anything like actual teaching. For he got stuck monologuing again. His head was crammed full of angry run-on sentences. He whirled in his chair and put on the electric kettle for tea. Standardized testing was a nightmare for the students. They got so bored or overwhelmed answering multiple choice questions that they would make abstract patterns with the answer key bubbles instead or just scribble on the page, refusing to cooperate at all. And subjecting them to more of that Dunleavy rubbish during his precious class time? When they could be reading or writing, expressing themselves freely? Aziraphale might as well not be in the room at all if that was the new plan. Perhaps, he supposed, he could walk the students through levels one and two of the Learning Language Styles program on their laptops. Then invite them to write a critique of the experience. That way he could claim to have obeyed Gabriel's directive. The principal hadn't been specific about how the software should be implemented. The students were smart enough to know when they were being taught and when they were being run through mazes like mice. If anything, this would be an exercise in contrast for them. Mr. Felt's syllabus and the district's new Dunleavy software driving railroad spikes side by side. Let the students judge. The weather was turning, but the autumn sun had cleared the sky for a few crisp weeks, drying out the leaves and adding to the academic mystique that always seemed to have a hold on Massachusetts' fall days. The roads were dry and the ice hadn't set in yet. Perfect weather for a last spin on the Moto Guzzi. Crowley pulled up at Eastgate a little before noon on his Monday lunch break, preening as a hundred-odd high schoolers on the sidewalk turned their heads in awe. It was a gorgeous vintage touring bike in perfect condition, and it made a hell of a racket. Adam and Pepper came running, giddy with the rush of a half-day at school. By the time they arrived, they had to push through a huddle of teens, half admiring the bike, half admiring Crowley in his riding leathers. They shouted questions at him, but he just tried to look mysterious and intimidating until his crew arrived. A senior reached out to touch the rear tire, but jumped back when he got snarled at viciously. His friends laughed at him. 
Crowley flipped up his visor and scowled at the kid. Hi, Hi Crowley! chorused Adam and Pepper as they pulled up and shed backpacks. Hey, aliens! He unlocked a pannier and Adam dug for his armored outerwear. How long will it take? asked Pepper. Can I get a ride when you're done? Maybe, Crowley shrugged. He has to go back to work after the doctor, Adam told her as he tugged on padded black car hearts. Some people have jobs, you know. It's only lunchtime. I'm gonna have a motorcycle like this, Pepper declared. Only it'll be red and even bigger. Long as you keep your mitts of mine, Crowley told her. We'll all go touring and terrify the bourgeoisie. He glanced around the pickup zone and tried not to look for a flash of white and a tartan bow tie. The thing he wasn't looking for wasn't there. He handed Adam his helmet and began wrestling the kid's overstuffed backpack into the empty pannier. You'll come over when you're done? asked Pepper. Should be quick, it's just a consultation today, Adam told her. Then we've got like five hours to play. Crowley tugged on Adam's helmet and jacket to check they were secure, then waited while Adam mounted up and scooted back against the sissy bar backrest. Crowley swept his leg over and buckled his coat to Adam's with a small safety strap. Adam had never fallen asleep on a bike before, but they weren't about to find out the hard way whether he could. Early release all week, what a party, Crowley said with a grin. Ready? Adam nodded and Crowley hit the ignition. The noise made everyone stare, teachers and parents too. There was an audible murmur of awe, then a cheer from the students as their schoolmate waved. Make some trouble this week, all of you, Crowley yelled before he popped his shielding down. He gunned it, Adam grabbed him tight, and they were off to the dullest possible doctor appointment, but at least they were going in style. If half a dozen other things in Adam's life were truly, deeply unfair, thought Crowley, at least he could give him this. They leaned as one to take the corners. The students loved a half day. The parents didn't. Either way, Parent-teacher conferences swept the district a few times a year to lay waste to after-school transportation and childcare plans. Oh, the playdates! Aziraphale always allowed himself a special bottle of red, or a few, and saved some favorite ray rates for conference week. They were a thoroughly painful exercise. He could cope with the fits of misdirected parental outrage, including the occasional homophobic slur, since he couldn't help but present, well, as he was. 
that was old news after 20 years. He saved his concern for the children of the bigots, slipping them books with which to arm themselves. No, worse than that was catching glimpses of family dynamics that made classwork the least of the challenges in certain students' lives. He met parents who were fighting over custody, who were working four jobs, who were ill, who needed their children there to translate, and sometimes parents who seemed likely to be abusers or who were likely abused themselves. And of course, a few never came at all, nor responded to any requests to connect by phone. When Aziraphale had students who acted out or couldn't engage, kids who wrote scary or shocking stories in their notebooks or defaced his paperbacks, he always learned why during the conferences. Getting a behind-the-scenes glimpse into 165 kids' family lives in a single week, it was quite a lot. At least it was only 15 minutes at a time. But of all the difficult scenarios he'd faced this time around, his stomach was most in knots over meeting A.J. Crowley again. They were scheduled after lunch on Wednesday. Aziraphale scolded himself for several nights in advance. He rehearsed a concise speech apologizing for his overfamiliarity at the pub and then couldn't decide whether it was even appropriate to deliver it. He found himself fussing with a pen at his desk as the bell chimed the very hour. By four minutes past, he almost prayed for a cancellation, just to save himself the embarrassment. But no, here was the man himself, loping in like a rock star in black jeans and looking vaguely disappointed in the world. To be fair, that seemed to be his resting state. Before Aziraphale could say a word, Crowley flung himself down into the farthest student chair, threw a leg over the attached desk, and craned his head back like a damned diva. Adam's gonna see a new specialist next month. He'll miss a shit ton of classes. I'm sorry. Aziraphale blinked a few times. Is everything all right? So bullshit, but whatever. He's fine. He just has to go through some lengthy testing process before insurance will let him try an alternative to... Crowley waved overhead, as if shooing a fly. I mean, you know, that kind of thing. It's hell, but it's not anything new. How... It might not be the right question to ask, but it itched in his throat, so Aziraphale let it out. How are you holding up? Crowley's head popped up. He looked as if he had never considered it. Those sharp eyebrows narrowed into a steep V over his sunglasses, and then he crossed his arms and shrugged defiantly. His leg fell off the desk with a thud, which left him doing something that vaguely resembled sitting. 
It was for all the world like trying to communicate with a teenager. Thankfully, Aziraphale spoke fluent teenager. He waited. After a good half-minute of silence, Crowley stood and approached the two cushioned chairs at the front of the room, obviously intended for parents. He regarded them with suspicion and then flopped into one sideways. Thing is, does it matter? he asked. Does what matter? How I'm holding up. I mean, you just do, right? You have to. Adam's the one going through it all, and he's just a kid. Aziraphale nodded. You take very good care of him. Nah, he takes care of me. Then, shockingly, Crowley took off his sunglasses to pinch the bridge of his nose. Aziraphale tried not to stare and failed. Those eyes! They vanished as Crowley scrubbed his face hard with both hands, but the sunglasses stayed off, and Aziraphale thought again as they reappeared. Problem! His eyes were two completely different colours, one dark brown, one pale golden green with a strange brown splash in the centre. Heterochromia, Aziraphale's memory supplied. He'd had students with it over the years, though he'd never seen such a striking contrast before. More than that, though, Crowley's jewel-cut eyes were tired, and soft, and old, much older than Aziraphale had thought, anyway. He noted the fine wrinkles and crow's feet and felt himself melt inside. He must have guessed Crowley's age wrong by ten or twelve years at least. He'd had a sitcom impression of this story up until now, he realized. Sexy skinny jeans gay boy gets saddled with a nine-year-old out of the blue, must quit DJing to face adult responsibilities, hijinks ensue. But that script was all wrong. The reality made a mockery of that cutesy elevator pitch. He could see how much now in Crowley's eyes. Aziraphale imagined the man running to countless hospitals and offices, collecting homework, fighting insurance adjusters, sitting in a hundred waiting rooms in suspense, helping Adam through the requisite starving or hydrating or skipping sleep for medical tests. Um, Crowley was frowning down at his hands, fiddling with his glasses. Unrelated to anything else, today's a tough day, and I don't mean to give the impression that, uh, well, overall, things are fine. Adam's fine. I'm just a bit spiky at the moment. Actually, I'm never not, so... Does your... Um... Aziraphale wanted to ask if he had help. If the person attached to that ring was giving him what he needed to deal with this. 
Well, the ring wasn't there now, but it had been a few days ago. Hadn't he told Gabriel he was unmarried? Perhaps it was complicated. Best not to speculate. Do you have any sort of broader support as you get Adam to his appointments and all? His godparent Beezus helps out. Pepper's mum too, since she works from home. Do you have Pepper? She's the right spitfire. Crowley glanced up, and their eyes met briefly. Aziraphale hoped his face didn't make it obvious that his whole heart was available, at that moment, to help this man he barely knew. Why? Problem. Big problem. I do, he answered softly. Remarkable girl. I'm glad she and Adam are friends. Friends are so important at times like these. Aye, she's fierce. Good kid. Got my pitchfork ready for whatever revolution she leads one day. Crowley smiled at the floor and put his sunglasses back on. So, English. Adam, that's the topic at hand, right? He leaned back and seemed to relax, or perhaps he wanted to give the impression he was relaxing. It was a subtle trick. Crowley was playing a carefree version of himself, carefully. On the whole, Adam's thriving, Aziraphale reported. He could improve at getting the grammar worksheets in on time, if you don't mind backing me up there. Right. He reads and writes so much he likes to excuse himself from doing the busy work. Bit cocky. Crowley smirked. Don't know where he'd get that from. Aziraphale nodded his thanks. The most important thing is that he loves language, so in the big picture he's getting what he needs here. But he does have to complete the worksheets, both to practice for the adult world of inane paperwork and to prepare for the standardized testing we'll be doing four more times this year. Crowley remained expressionless behind his glasses, but he clearly grasped the subtext about his employer. He paused before speaking flatly. Four rounds. Jesus, that's a lot. Five, actually. They had some last month to take a baseline. Fifteen class periods total. Right. Crowley looked away. He's gonna love that. Do you happen to know whether he tests well? Does he get anxious, or...? He hates those tests. The far wall seemed to hold some fascination. He doesn't respect them. Aziraphale fidgeted with his notes and decided he might press just a bit more. I've been asked by Principal Wright to start using the Dunleavy curriculum in my classroom as well, starting next week. Crowley's head snapped back to centre. He snorted like a bull. Is it LLS? Language and learning styles? Yes. Are you familiar? He nodded. 
he also looked like he was about to spit nails. Aziraphale realized that that was perhaps enough of that. Well then, do you have any questions for me? Crowley sighed and let his head fall back again. <sighs> I'm afraid I'll be taking up a lot more of your time as the new neuro stuff ramps up. His sleep schedule's gonna be wild sometimes, so he may have more sleeping fits than he has been. Just expect that. Thank you for the heads up. There'll be a lot of homework to collect remotely and alternate due dates and all that. Brace yourself for the email hurricane. Oh, it's no bother, insisted Aziraphale with a smile. Really, I love to help when I can. I believe you, Crowley grumbled. Rot my teeth with that tone, you will. And do feel free to call or text as well if Adam's ever in the middle of something and needs help. I'm seldom busy in my off hours. Don't let anything hold him up when you... when he could just ask me. This made Crowley stare at him again, or seem to from behind the glasses. After a few beats, he spoke in a low, serious tone that Aziraphale hadn't heard before. So, Adam will be out tomorrow. And maybe Friday. Depends how he feels. And... Uh, he sat up a bit more and swallowed. This week, it won't be an excused medical absence. This is the anniversary of his mother passing five years back. Just so you have the context. Thought I should tell you and Miss Device, since your class is... You know, he expresses himself. Aziraphale leaned in and nodded solemnly, hoping to demonstrate that he honoured this degree of trust. I mean, it's fine. He's fine. He's tough, Crowley went on, tugging a hand through his hair. He doesn't like to talk about it at school, and he doesn't react well to people acting like he's supposed to feel a certain way about it. But still, you know how it is. Sometimes it comes up... Someone says parents, plural, or mentions mothers like everybody has one, and for some reason it hits him that time, and he might need to go see the counsellor or go home. Feelings don't run a straight sequence or anything. They come all out of order. If I may request additional context, his mother's your... Sister. My sister, Lilith. And did she have a co-parent or partner? Someone that is, or was, in Adam's life? No, single mum. Just like me. Aziraphale clutched his pen tight to keep from reaching out. Thank you so much for telling me. Crowley slapped his thighs loudly and unfolded all those knees and elbows to stand up. Well, that's my time then. If you ever need to be brought down, laid low or otherwise have your day ruined, we specialize here at Crowley Company. 
Aziraphale was starting to catch the rhythms of conversation with Crowley. Their strained exchange on Friday night looked quite different now. The man was, as he said, spiky. He pushed to see if anyone was there to push back. So Aziraphale gave a sly smile as he stood. I assure you, dear boy, my day is not as flimsy as all that. You'll have to work quite a lot harder to... to ruin it. He'd nearly said to lay me low, and wouldn't that have been something? Ah, uh, well. Crowley flapped his arms helplessly and returned the smile. There's always next time. He is hoping, returned Aziraphale with a nod. I'll send along the work for tomorrow and Friday with a Monday due date. It shouldn't take him more than a few minutes. Crowley pirouetted on the way out the door to give a small salute, whereafter he strode off long-legged to find another classroom and repeat the process. Aziraphale sank into his chair and blinked rapidly, trying to remember what all had just been said, beset by the memory of utterly stunning, mismatched eyes. This was not helping. Nothing was helping. Fiddlesticks!